Welcome back to Just One Question. And if you hear the excitement in my voice, it's because I finally got Pamela Slim. Now, let me run down quickly her bona fides because they're pretty amazing. I first became aware of her when she wrote the uh, amazing book, Escape from Cubicle Nation, back in 2009, about how to start a new life outside of the corporate world. And she is an award-winning author of two other books, which I'll get to in a second. She's a speaker. She's a business coach who works with small business owners ready to scale their businesses and IP. Uh, She wrote another book called Body of Work in 2014, and most recently, The Widest Net, November 2021, which won an award and is very cool and worth your read. And uh, I can't wait to get it my hands on my copy. Uh, Pam and her husband, Daryl, co-founded the CAC Community Lab in Mesa, Arizona, where they host scores of diverse community leaders and regular small business programming. I hope I got all that right because she's an amazing woman and deserves the best of all introductions. Welcome, Pam. How the heck are you? I am doing so well. It's so great to be here. I'm feeling the enthusiasm Mm. of the fall season, creative energy of many projects that are starting to take shape, Mm. and excitement. Those of you who are just listening won't know, but I am wearing a sweater today and a scarf. And here in Mm. Arizona, we went from 84 degrees one day to 66 as a high the next, which is exceptionally exciting for us. It's like Chicago in the springtime is our version of fall in Arizona. So I am, yeah. I am fired up. Very cool. Yeah. We get, we get excited that way in, uh, in, in April, May, when it starts to finally get warm again in Boston, but uh, yeah, welcome. So let's get to it. What are you excited about these days? What's top of mind for Pamela Slim? An exciting area is what happens when one is just around long enough <laughs> like oh, me, yeah. going in, you wouldn't know anything about this nick Mm-mm. but now going into my 27th year in business mm. uh i spent the first part of my career first you know decade and a half or so in b2b training and development both as a director of training and development in my last real job many decades ago, and then the first stages of business as a management consultant, building a lot of programs for large companies, which was so fun and intoxicating and exciting. Then I shifted over to the entrepreneur side and spent 15, 16 years doing that work, which was so fun, both personally, as you shared, as a blogger. I started in 2005 with my blog, Escape from Cubicle Nation, that morphed Mm -hmm. into books, and then work with so many people in early stage startup. I found this unique place now where many of my clients, as I've begun to do more and more work with folks who are scaling, and especially thought leaders, author types, Mm. uh, who really have significant, impactful IP, Uh, often in the form of things like, you know, workshops or amazing frameworks where they see the opportunity and the desire from clients Mm -hmm. on the the B2B side to really scale where they can feel perplexed as a subject matter experts to know how to build a licensing and certification program. And so for me hearing that, I was like, but doesn't everybody know in their sleep how to turn around and do an extensive train the trainer program with participant (laughs) guides and learning objectives? And apparently not everybody does. So it's this beautiful combination, what I'm finding of really like re- 
juvenating a long-time enthusiasm for training and development and instructional design mm -hmm. with my knowledge and connections within the thought leadership space to really help move ideas forward in a way that really helps the business owners to scale their income. Because you mm -hmm. can, I always say, for the B2B world, business to business, selling to bigger companies, it's bigger checks. <laughs> and that's exciting when people have life and world changing ideas. So it's just mm -hmm. one of these like stumbled into it unexpected areas that I feel like um, really providing a lot of value in. And I'm able to work with my old colleague, Darren Padilla, who used to build programs with me now in this new version. So it's just giving me excitement, I think business freshness, and a way to support my clients uh, in, in a deeper way than just in doing advising as a business coach. That's fantastic and so important that uh, you really touch on it there as uh, thought leaders uh, so often have a, a clearly a, bur a burning passion, uh, something that, that, that they've devoted their life to uh, usually um, and it may have evolved through a number of stages, but they're deeply passionate about it. But turning that into uh, bite-sized lessons and things you can uh, you can. Uh, sell in various formats and whatnot is completely different uh, from uh, from that the basis of that thought leadership to begin with whatever that might be um, and so uh, that's that's a wonderful um, thing to be able to do to help people translate that into something useful so it's Incredible. so true. And then you don't have to spend your life inside of hotel rooms and being the only person or even with a small staff of delivering things like workshops. It really can be something that's scalable where you train others. Mm. And then there's unexpected kinds of IP and licensing. When I worked, as you know, for a long time with Susan Cain, who wrote mm -hmm. the amazing book, Quiet and Now Bittersweet, uh, one of the licensing projects that, that she worked on was with Steelcase, where they took the principles from the book Quiet and ended up creating Quiet Spaces, which was office furniture designed specifically for introverts. So there are wow. so many creative ways in which IP can be leveraged and scaled. And uh, it's just very exciting to me. It just keeps things fresh and always growing and evolving. Yeah, wonderful. What a gift to the world. I love that. So, uh, um, and give us a, a peek ahead. So doing this uh, and, and helping more thought leaders wrap up their their uh, thought into useful into useful packages. What's what's the next thing you're going to be working on in terms of uh, your next IP? Well, my IP, as one does, I don't know if you're the same with like your own keynotes. You work with enough, on enough speeches, and you're like, "What's my big thought? What's my big talk going to be?" For me, as I really workshop and watch my clients scale, mm -hmm. uh, I always, I, in some ways, I've been a person ahead of my time as a person who wrote Escape from Cubicle Nation in 2009. Now we have mm -hmm. the Great Resignation. Mm -hmm. I try to hold myself back from saying I told you so way back when, <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of the advice I gave was the same. Yeah. But really, the opportunity that I'm seeing is somebody who's been in the space and really written books around uh, starting businesses, really building your body of work, very, being very deliberate about what you create. And then with the latest book, really helping people to understand how to network, build an audience, build a community is those are often the things that people are excited about doing. So I have some really cool partnerships in the works with companies uh, that 
where I can be delivering my own program that's scalable, mm -hmm. licensing some content, also creating some online tools and resources to help people really navigate this new world of work. That's really been my playground forever. And I realize that um, a lot of the ideas that I have for it feel really fresh and relevant. And why not follow my own advice and mm -hmm. harvest <laughs> some of the mountains of content that I have mm -hmm. created in, in a way that can be monetized? Yeah, well, the the sign of true genius is the ability to take your own advice, I think. <laughs> exactly. Why is it such a bridge so far? But yeah, yeah sooner or later we come around. And and one, I can't resist one last question, and I know I'm over one and maybe past two or three, but um, it's such a pleasure to see you. Uh, the, uh, the, the pandemic, uh, many people said in many different industries and, and whatnot, that it was a great accelerator of things. It speeded up uh, uh, transitions and evolutions that were happening anyway, but uh, needed to happen more so. And then you alluded to the great resignation. Uh, in terms of uh, in terms of your world of, of uh, thought leadership and and uh, education and training and that kind of thing, how did the pandemic or will the pandemic uh, change that world? Um, did it just give people more time to think about this um, because they weren't traveling or were there more profound changes? I think there were some profound changes. There were certain things just in the structure of work of really confirming that which people like Kelly and Jody, who wrote Why Work Sucks and How to Fix It so many years ago, had talked about, about how we need to have a more effective way than watching people with their butts in chairs do work, that you know, remote work is something that's viable, feasible for many people that can be really effective, that when given the design constraint of not being able to go into an office or face great physical harm or even death, right? It's like very specifically, I think, just demonstrated with those constraints, things that people have been saying for a long time, which I'm excited for those that were advocating for remote work. The other thing I think psychologically is when faced with some of the dire situations that we felt as communities, a lot of people really just had that look in the mirror saying, life is not guaranteed, uh, you know, Think huge changes can happen and I want to be very deliberate about my choices of what I want to do and how I want to work. And then I think with the activation that we had after George Floyd's murder, mm -hmm. uh, more conversations where it became safer for non-white folks to speak up about the reality that they had been facing, there's a lot of real positive consequence from a very tragic you know, example of a situation that's been happening for centuries, at least here in the US, where we're having more open conversations about what people are willing to tolerate and not. And so I do see some healthy shakeup of uh, having people direct their own careers more specifically, having companies not rely upon the fact that people just need to act a certain way in order to, to be employees. And I, I see that as positive. There's a lot of work to do, but um, one of the, my premises and body of work is that you can the focus that you want to have is really in that work that you want to create and you can choose the work mode. Sometimes you want, might want to be an employee with those benefits. Sometimes you want to work for yourself, but you're not stuck in one way. And if I can just help to break that binary and make employers and employees recognize that there's no perfect way to operate, then I, I would, would have done my job. I think so. I think uh, then you could at that point retire with 
all the proper accolades deserving <laughs> one who changed the world of work and taught us how to escape from cubicle nation. And yeah, well done. Pam Slim, everybody, is so good to see you and catch up and it was way overdue. And thank you for being on Just One Question. Thank you for having me. 